You have arrived at the Rourke Mix, a place where we talk music with a new guest every week. We get to explore what role music's played in each guest's life. Bands, concerts, road trips, loud breakups. We're going to cover a lot of things. Each week we get to meet someone new and take a music and life journey, and you get to jump on board. After the dust has settled, Chris and Brad return with a playlist based on what we've learned from the individuals and the stories we've shared. So here we go. Let's talk music. Hey, welcome to another um, episode of The Rourke Mix. And this week we have Elizabeth Impin on, and she is our first, I guess she's probably our first American to be on the show. Um, I've known Elizabeth for about a decade now, and uh, I met her through the World of Triathlon. She is a nutritionist, an athlete, a coach, and uh, a lover of music. So um, so yeah, we had a good chat about uh, um, all the music in her life, which is all the time. So so here you go. Here's Elizabeth with uh, Chris and myself. Kind of get me going in the morning. Yeah. Um, so my day, literally starts with music playing and I will end the day with some music like beginning to end there's music playing in my day um and so it gets me up and then um as I'm like you know getting ready for the day or cooking or something like there's there's music playing um when I'm training there is music playing when I'm driving in the car to various, like tonight I had strength training, there's music playing there. Um, when I'm doing, so it's, and it's all different. There's not, I am a lover of all types of music, all genres, all decades. And so it is like, I've often thought that I missed my calling. I should have been the person that does the music for television shows and movies. Like <laughs> maybe in maybe in my second my second career, I will go back and do that because I just I love to put music to moments. And it's just if it's not playing, it's playing in my head. Um, so yeah, so today had all different kinds. I was in kind of a it's hot here. And I was in kind of a country mood. So there was some country music playing today. Um, there was like pumping myself up to go work out. So I had some of that kind of music on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and your source of the music, like, is it wake up in the morning and turn on the radio? Or are you actually turning on Spotify? Or are you actually popping in like you have a preset list? I have a preset list. So I have one of those alarm apps that lets you decide what music you wake up to. So what you can have some on your phone. So I have a folder on my phone that's, you know, um, like good morning. Uh, like there's a rap song that's like, good morning, you know, get up. There's that one. There's um, like worship music sometimes in the morning that I'll listen to. Um, if I... <laughs> If I know I go to bed late, uh, I'll put on like one of my like faster pump kind of like race songs um, because I know I won't, I'll like want to hit snooze and not get out of bed. So yeah. um, I know it's been long enough. I know what works. I know uh, what's going to get me. Oh gosh, if I, if I have to go to the pool at four in the morning, it is always like, it's like the chronic Dr. Dre it's just because it, I know like I'm going to be happy when I hear that and I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. <laughs> well, but was the chronic Dr. Dre when you were 
was that university time for you when you were a collegiate swimmer or does that, does that actually trigger a moment for you? I guess what I'm it, getting at. It triggers happiness. So I think it reminds me a lot of college. Now that you mention it, that's probably where that connection is for sure. Like it definitely came out before, but we listened to it all the time on the pool deck in Santa Barbara. Um, yeah, it's definitely definitely a memory, um, a memory from those times for sure. That's a fun connection. I hadn't thought about it. So you went to UCF speed. Yep. Yep. I actually trained there. That is the most magnificent pool of all time. Oh my gosh. It is the mag most magnificent place. I mean, it is beauty and to go to get to go to school and spend four years there was, I, I say the best four years of my life and I genuinely mean it. It was a wonderful experience for swimming, for education, for living in paradise. Yeah. Um, well, when I was there, I laughed because of the fact I thought, good Lord, do these kids, when they enroll, all get a beach cruiser? Because every person on that campus had a beach it, cruiser. I, I honestly think it was in the freshman orientation packet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, like, you need to bring a bike and it needs to be a beach cruiser. Because I remember my parents and I going out and picking up a beach cruiser. And we went to like the farmer, like the Denio's like auction market, because they had told us people are like, don't bring a nice bike. People are going to steal your bike bring yeah. like a second hand and so we you know we found a, a beach cruiser and like made it shiny and nice and I remember taking that and it, it did get stolen <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think I went through three beach cruisers while I was there <laughs> Chris do you want to jump in at all I'm got yeah I mean uh this is uh this is this is this is so great um you got me wondering something and that is um from your from your musical day it sounds like music generally occupies a whole lot of your background which is just amazing i, I want to know uh, i want to know about your oscillation i want to know from uh from the start of the day what the pace of your music is and do you plan for a top end and a bottom end to complete a cycle for you that's to say are you starting off a little bit low and slow in the morning are you coming up to a full-on uh, rager at some point during the day when you need it, and then are you bringing it back down at some point? Is it? Is it, it? Does the sound wave peak in the middle? Does it oscillate through a cycle where there are many peaks and valleys, or is it just you wake up and you're going hard on the top end across to the end of the day? This is what I need to know. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I would say there are definitely peaks and valleys throughout the day. Um, I, I start off, I don't know if you could call it hard, but it's definitely like upbeat when I start the day. Okay. I like to wake up, I'm a morning person. And so I like to wake up happy and excited to start my day. And I like the music to kind of match that. So there's definitely an upbeat, positive, like I don't, I don't need slow. I'm not that person that's, you know, says don't talk to me until I get my coffee kind of a thing. I am up and like, Good morning, <laughs> which I think is because my mom, um, I remember as a kid, her coming down in the morning to like wake me up and singing like, oh, gosh, I'm not going to try to sing this, like rise and shine and give God the glory. Like I like she would come in with this positive um, uh, like tune and that was kind of, you know, and like open the blinds and <laughs> and start like let the sun shine. <laughs> and, 
Oh so, my God. I don't know if I could take your mom in the morning. My goodness. <laughs> I, but that's like, that's the beauty of, right. I think that very much shaped the fact that I, that, and you know, you, you have to be in the pool at 4am enough and you kind of learn to love the morning, I think. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, but I've had roommates in the past that don't like the morning. So I know I can read my audience. <laughs> I know when I need to zip it <laughs> and let everybody else settle into the day. Um, yeah, but that's, I a pro, that's a profoundly yeah. important quality. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good instinct to have. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Yeah, so positive to start. And then um, if I have work to do, I like it to be like, very like something that can just kind of go on in the background that isn't too uh, distracting uh th something that I'm gonna like like maybe hum to but not sing to just kind of like some kind of beat in the background um which is why I used to love to work at Starbucks before COVID because it was a mix of like music but also people's voices so there was yeah. like noise and ambiance kind of around but not it was just in the background. Yeah. Um, and then for workouts, there's definitely, so most days, I, you know, triathlete life, there's something in the morning and then something in the afternoon or evening. So to do any kind of like swimming or biking or running, I like music. That's going to like, definitely that pumps me up. Um, and then in the evenings for strength training, I like it a little more kind of hardcore. Um, which I don't know if that's just because that's what my coach plays. And so that's what I associate yeah. with strength kind of music. Um, but that's I've seen, I've seen the people you work out with because you post this stuff on the Murph and I'm like, yeah. uh, there isn't a whole lot of Celine Dion playing there. That is like, yeah. you're going hard. <laughs> no, there's absolutely uh, no Celine Dion playing. He jokes <laughs> like, if you would like to pick the playlist, uh, you can leave your money by the door, like your extra money. Otherwise it's what he likes. And luckily, uh, my coach's name is Josh. I call him my like rap music soulmate. The two of us are just ridiculously in sync. And so luckily I actually, I like the music that we, that he plays. So, um, people kind of often joke, like the two of us are over singing you know and like connecting over music and everyone's like can we change this can we listen to something else anything so what, I, I, picked, you know what, I picked the right coach indeed do you know what's interesting though is that you know you come from such a, sw a strong swimming background and you aren't listening to music while you swim but then you know lots of people on long bike rides have music on long runs you do and now with the the uh, strength training you've added in the last couple of years that is going to be, you know, it's going to be banging most of the time. Um, um, I'm curious, uh, was it weird for you coming from a swimming background to actually add music to your program as you train? Yes, yes. Uh, so I know now there are, you know, fancy pools that can play music underwater and people have the headphones, which I actually tried for the very first time um, like a, a month or so ago, uh, that you can listen while you, but I'm very old school. So swimming is, it is like the silent, peaceful place for me. Um, and so transitioning from silence while exercising, like 
I think it turned me almost into a different athlete. It, I, it connected with a different piece of myself. So when I swam before and the silence of the pool, there was always like a focus and quite possibly I didn't know that I could get motivated to perform athletically, but with music. I mean, yeah. we always had, like, you would listen to something. I mean, we've all seen Michael Phelps with his headphones on. Like I at least had that. I mean, I had a Walkman, <laughs> you know, going up to the blocks. I'm old. Uh, so we, we would play music beforehand, but, uh, but not during, and especially not during training. So when I switched and started running after college, I, it kind of touched on this whole new, like, wow, like exercising while having music, there's so much more to it. There's another level within me that only music can hit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, I would, I would say it changed the game. I, I wonder now what, <laughs> what kind of a swimmer would I have been if I had had, if I had music playing the whole time, because it definitely motivates me but that's a different flow state because we were talking uh, we've talked to Rach a previous guest about flow states about uh you know getting to that that place where it's like very zen and you're you're out of your body almost and and uh and you get that through swimming through that whole metronome thing and feeling the water and just that whole pace but um does music play a big factor in helping you get to that place especially when you run because you do some long runs absolutely positively um i can do things like run harder run longer stronger push past a point of exhaustion when i have music playing it's i am a i'm a different athlete admittedly mm -hmm. when i have music playing and i know i know what like inside of me what different songs are going to spark and so being able to like tap into that, um, I, I am not that person that runs without music. And I know that, you know, there are people that just think that's just horrid. Like, you know, you should be, you know, even on, so like on the trails, I listen to country music because it makes me happy and trail running is just fun and free. Um, but when I'm doing serious training on the road or on a treadmill, um, it, yeah, there's, it's like hardcore music playing and it is just, yeah, I have songs that I like and, and kind of, like I said in the email to you, like there are songs that bring up memories of races, of emotions, of every kind of different feeling that I channel into my running, especially. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I'll take this one off piste a little bit. Um, and it's a nutrition-related music question. Okay. <laughs> this is a first. I like it. <laughs> so there's a, there's a thousand songs about in in the in in all of the musical vernacular about about the relationship of alcohol and, and music, booze and music. Yes. They are inseparable animals. Why is there why is there no why is there why is there no music that relates to uh, nutritionally whole foods and music? <laughs> what, what what what's the gap? I mean, why, why is there no kale and kombucha rock and roll music? Why are leafy greens exempt from the rock and roll <laughs> songbook? I mean, I need to know why 
there's a boozy seduction, but there's not a foodie seduction. Can you explain this to me? Well, I I would not to put you on the spot. There, there is, there are songs that are definitely seductive food, kitchen, like cooking, meal time, like, you know, meal by candlelight music. Mm -hmm. Asking that of a vegetable or a leafy green is really, I think, stepping outside of that food group's capability, right? Uh, I think we associate alcohol with a good time and music with a good time. Most of us do not associate a big salad with like the highlight moments, impassioned moments, the private moments of our life. Like the, the salad doesn't come to mind. Uh, a turnip, a zucchini, uh, you know. A turnip, a turnip cannot be mentioned in, in this <laughs> conversation. So what, what, you're, what you're saying is that in... Let's just let's just pick one off the uh, off the top of my head. So George Thurgood's one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Right. Under no circumstances, in 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 your opinion, could it work <laughs> or be viable for for there to be something? And I'm not talking about an educational tool. I'm talking okay. about okay. a real sexy throwdown that involves food that won't kill you. Um, Is it possible? I I don't know. I'm just I'm curious. I, I don't know. And now I'm trying to think there has to be a song somewhere like that. There's a men, there has to be a mention of a vegetable or yes. a fruit or something somewhere. Right. I mean, well, I think, see, um, uh, I think on the Dr. Dre album, there was a song that had something in juice, gin and juice. So I got the juice part. Okay. I think it's a different kind of juice. I don't think this is the kind that goes through a machine right, and extracts. Right. I think it's a different form of, of it's not the I was trying to Jake. give Elizabeth her out I was like I know, I know. Uh, Beyonce had a you know lemonade album I mean there depending on how you make that no. there's, well, there's something I think right I, and Lizzo had moving the ball in the right direction yeah. for me yeah. yeah I think you're doing a fine job and and <laughs> the reason the reason I asked was I thought that if there was anyone on the planet who would know it would be you yeah no I other than possibly a Snoop song about a plant, <laughs> depending on how you, yeah. if you consider sure. that, I mean, CBD sure. is really making its entry into the athlete community. So, an athlete community. Uh, yeah, that too. Uh, so, depending on where you stand on that, yeah. okay. uh, there's there's many a tune, um, but I, I think. So, Gosh. so you All you led well. you you led with the fact with with your statement that you're not a musician. I think you set yourself up for a great opportunity to write your first great song. <laughs> the what would we call that? The gosh, the eggplant, the apple, Egg. and. And the head of lettuce, I don't I don't even know, like, I don't even know how I would. I think it would have to be okay. carrot, apple, kiwi, something that's just got yeah, a yeah, real something, hit. Something you know catchy. what I mean? So, okay, I'll, I'll let hurt. Brad move on because I can I can hang a whole hour on my <laughs> yeah, uh, right. fixation on this. So, hey, I'll, Elizabeth, I'll, you uh, you talked about um, um, having strong associations, a song, strong association. If you can think of, um, you know, 
growing up in your household, what was some of the music and what were some of the strong associations there? And then, you know, other pivotal times in your life, was there a moment in high school where you're like, gosh, that song takes you back and, and maybe college swimming, you know, what are some of those songs you're like, as soon as I hear that song, I go right to that place. This is probably the Pandora's box of questions for me because honest to gosh, almost every moment, and I know that's probably a little bit of exaggeration, but I can, so I can think of a, a song can come up and I can think of the moment that I first heard that song or the moment that I was he, like, my life moments are associated with songs. So growing up, um, my dad loved oldies. And so there were always oldies playing. Um, I remember like sitting, he had a truck, like sitting in his truck next to him in the front seat and just windows down singing oldies. Um, my mom loved Elvis. So I remember, you know, like singing Elvis songs. Um, she really loved Billy Joel. I remember like sitting in a room painting or she was painting and I was, you know, sitting next to her, listening to Billy Joel, like Uptown Girl. And um, so all throughout, I mean, uh, American Pie. Uh, mm -hmm. John McClane, was, yeah. It was one that we listened to as a family on our road trips to San Diego twice a year. Um, so it, there's, as a child, I definitely think my parents did an excellent job of like having music around and just always singing. I mean, a song comes on and my dad will to this day, like grab me and start dancing around the kitchen. Um, you know, we'll still be in the car together. Like I made him a Spotify playlist with all of our favorite oldies on it. Uh, so those I would say, which I'm glad that that was the musical influence that I started with because I still have such an appreciation. Like Sam Cooke is one of my all time favorite artists, musicians. I just, from the gospel to the secular music, I just, you know, and that's because I listened I was exposed to this kind of music, you know, growing up. And then uh, once I got to kind of find my own, I, you know, I remember going to, it was called Dimple Records and buying the Beastie Boys uh, Ill Communication, you know, like the tape, the cassette tape and playing that for myself. And the summer that I turned 16, um, the cassette single uh, Regulate by Nate Dogg and Warren G. Like I had that little thing on repeat all summer long because I was like free and driving everywhere. Um, I you remember- You have been, you have such, like you are, you have switched gears so many times, you know, from going from <laughs> like, you know, loving, you know, your family and Billy Joel and then ending up with, with Snoop Dogg, you know, that type of stuff and, and, and Warren G and that, that that's hilarious. Oh. Oh gosh. I mean, but, and country music. And I would say the only genre that I don't care for is like the electronic, like emo kind of tech, tech music. Yeah. Um, but every, I, when I say I love all kinds of music, I genuinely, I mean, folk music, um, it, just, I love it. I love, uh, like classical music. I, I can listen to that when I'm trying to study and learn new things. Um, so yes. And then moments it's yeah, there, there's always just a piece of me in all different kinds of songs and all different kinds of moments. And like going to college, when I went on a recruiting trip to Santa Barbara, 
Sublime was playing in someone's garage. So that's, you know, I associate that with being there. Like 311, I associate with going to our, you know, NC2A finals my freshman year because, you know, Dan, one of the other long distance swimmers was playing that and he got to pick. Um, the Indigo Girls, uh, like Galileo and um, the Swampophilia album was one that two of my roommates in, at Santa Barbara loved. And we went to see them in Van Morrison at a concert. And so that's, you know, a memory of Santa Barbara. Like, and yeah, was, was Van Morrison any good? Because Chris has seen Van Morrison a number of times and he has not totally had a good experience because Van Morrison was a little too deep in the bottle at the time. I was going to say, I, he was drunk. He was, he was pretty <laughs> drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, I... It was not the Van Morrison I was expecting. So it's 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 never the Van Morrison that anyone's yeah. expecting. <laughs> I think I think that I think that, that that some some artists should commit themselves to studio work only, and Van Morrison is among them. Okay, so uh, can I ask you who's one that you think should always play live? That is just fantastic in concert. Oh, oh, you are asking the right guy because Chris goes to three shows a week. So <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm going to go for wow. a walk. So yes. <laughs> that's a, that, that's a, that's great because th th this is interesting. Um, uh, I, I would say, um, I would say Jeff Tweedy of Wilco Ooh. is, is, is a better performer live. I think, um, I would say, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd probably get a little bit too much on the, on the theater obscure side for that, but, um, but, um, uh, oh boy, I mean, where, where do we even begin? The live <laughs> performance for me is so much more important than the recorded, uh, than the recorded performance. And I know that, and I completely understand that the inverse is so true for other people, which is perfectly fine. I, I, I get it. Um, I think that there's a litany of, of artists that I could probably provide you with it that I think are, are far better suited to the live performance. But I think this could be a three hour talk. Okay. Well, and, and I won't we can hold you hostage with my, cause I'll just, I'll just get wound up and I won't shut up and you'll be really wanting to ask Brad. Well, we'll just do so. a non-recorded part two oh. with, like, with a, with an alcoholic <laughs> beverage in our hand and okay. we can discuss live, live shows because I too am a fan of live I'm music. Next to my, I'm sitting next to my distillery of kombucha. I'm trying to impress you. Yeah, <laughs> but, very but nice. It's, it's separated. It's looking good, but uh, but yes, a drink would be fine. But um, <laughs> you ask <laughs> fascinating questions. You and Brad should have this show. I should have nothing to do with this. Oh, I, I think the three amigos. I think this is a. <laughs> there's we are we are not taking you out of this loop. You are an essential oh, okay. component here. <laughs> hey, speaking speaking of concerts, then. Um, what was your first or what was the best concert that you went to that uh, that you're like, oh, wow, I need to, uh, I love live shows. <laughs> so first and best are two very different things. Although, really? uh, so gosh, first that I think that I kind of like got to choose because living in Sacramento, we, they have the state fair every year. And so we would go and I think, you know, whatever bands play, I honestly don't remember. So I'm sure I saw some there, but one that I remember going to um, 
was the like straight out of Compton NWA mm. tour. It had like Naughty by Nature, Public Enemy, maybe Public Enemy, maybe not Naughty by Nature. That might have been a different one. So yeah. that rap. Uh, that would be cool. It was. <laughs> and oh, wow, yeah, awesome. it was. Yeah, it was a really, a really neat experience for sure. Um, was, it, was it extremely intense? Like, was it actually fun? Or were you just like, whoa, what's going on here? No, it was fun, but I was young. And I, I, it was a different experience. I came from, like, we had to go down to Oakland. Um, and I, like, Oakland at that time is not the Oakland that it is today. So yeah. safety was definitely a concern. I was not, I was the minority by far. Um, yeah. And so just a dip, so it was as equally eye-opening as it was um that's as as awesome as the music was and I was a very naive uh, child like I did not know people were getting high around me I did not know people were drunk I like I just was you know thought thought everybody was happy and there were some interesting smells and you know I just was so excited to see the hear the music and you know be a part of it so looking back now I'm I'm thinking my gosh what did I do (laughs) 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 <laughs> and did you get accidentally high you know off second hand my god I'm gonna say no because I feel like I know my mom is gonna watch this um <laughs> it, it was not intentional if I it, it was definitely not intentional but there was probably there was probably a lot of that around um and then gosh best concert oh oh it would I'm a woman, so it is my prerogative to say, to choose two. <laughs> this is what okay. we do. We don't like to be put into, uh, <laughs> to make a decision. You so are allowed. I would say one that holds a very special place in my heart um, was in, uh, it was a Jason Mraz concert. Mm. And the, I was going through a phase, but it was also the man that I was dating at the time like it was just such a special magical time in my life um and the concert was gosh like if from New York like Long Island um there's a concert venue out there that's like on the beach um and we had front row seats it was a surprise I didn't know we were going um and so it was Jason Mraz and Brett Denon who's a Mm-hmm. like one of my all-time favorites um and it was just just the whole experience like we had like vip passes and it was just the concert was fun um and just a really neat experience so i think emotionally that's one that's pretty special um but in terms of like just a fun i'm gonna go with three acdc was really fun my brother and a friend of ours went um and it was just a great, like the crowd was hilarious. The uh, ACDC, I mean, you love, you can't not love all of their songs. So it was, you know, one hit after the next. Um, and it was just a different, like, it was just fun. My brother doesn't go to a lot of concerts. And so it was fun to have him there with me. Um, but I would say the police at the Oakland Coliseum was a really awesome, like, they're one that I would rather listen to live than listen to as an album just mm-hmm. because of the performance. So yeah. 
Do you remember the tour? Like, where were they out in their career? This was 2006, maybe? Five? So they got back together to... uh, Yes. Got back together to cash a few checks, which I I don't blame them for. I think they call it, like, the Synchrosicity Tour. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, not in the... Not the early heyday by any means, but still... I mean, no, I, call, I call is, it here. Yeah. You're right. It was, it was, it was tight. It was, it was good, good, good. You're 100% bang on. And it was every bit the way they were in the eighties. Anyway, I think. Oh, is, okay. So good. you didn't miss any. You were, they were, they, uh, they managed to get along without pulling out the knives or at least yeah. Copeland and Sting <laughs> did for, for as long as I, I, and I would imagine that the American leg of the tour was early. We may have got the end part where they weren't getting on, but, uh, oh, but uh, well. no, you're 100% right. That, that uh, they, they, they did it upright. And, and, uh, and unlike a lot of other ego driven bands, police are definitely one. They didn't go into, they didn't go into the deep, uh, the deep bag of once of the obscurities. They just threw it down yes. nonstop. It was yes. So yeah. Oh, totally so enjoyable. That's fun. that's fun that we shared that. That's neat. That's a nice <laughs> joint experience. Well, I don't think you can mention a band in concert and Chris has not seen them. So the, yeah. the, that was easy pickings for sure. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. That's, hey, that's um, the telltale of my misspent youth <laughs> and, and adulthood. Um, hey, who, who is the person or group that you would most like to see? And I'm talking, you could time travel, you go back in time when they're still together, still alive. Um, who, who would you most like to see? It's, it's funny that you ask. This is something that I ask all of my friends. Like it's one of those dinner conversation questions um, because I just, it's, so I have thought about this before. Um, I would love, I mean, obviously I think the Beatles are one that just to say that you, you know, saw the Beatles would be a pretty cool experience. Um, Elvis, I would have loved to see Johnny Cash, uh, the Doors and not because I'm a huge Doors fan. I just feel like that's one that like, I would like to say that I experienced that Mm -hmm. uh, element. Aerosmith, I never saw Aerosmith. I think that would have been fun. Um, gosh, I've asked, I've asked and listened to so, at, to so many different, I've never seen Wu-Tang. I would have liked to have, I, that would have been one. Um, yeah, it, I'm really hoping you're going to say Beastie Boys. Uh, I saw Beastie Boys. Oh, so, you did see okay. so yeah. yes. Um, so, uh, and <laughs> I, lo- yeah. I love, I'm a Beastie Boys fan through and through. Uh, I was going to say, I think I've seen them three times, but only twice. Hmm. Um, now, now the world has opened up for you in California, right? So there's shows happening right now. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm close to Nevada and Nevada, pretty much anything goes. So we are getting, I'm, there will be a couple country music concerts, uh, like Eric Church, um, Oh gosh, uh, Florida Georgia Line is coming. Um, Sam Hunt. So I'm getting in on on some of those. Um, Willie Nelson is doing like a old something tour, but the Abbott Brothers are playing, and they're a favorite of mine. So I'm going to go just so I can see them. Um, gosh, 
Zach Brown band will be coming back around Chris Stapleton. So I think the country music guys are all back. (laughs) I don't know yet that, um, which I don't, you know, politically they're pro that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, no, their, their fans are good to go all 24 yeah, seven. Yeah. 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 Um, so gosh, hopefully more of the other genres, uh, will kind of, will jump back in here because yeah. I've missed, it's funny the things that you take for granted when you have them and travel and live music are the two that after that year I went, I really, really miss these two things. And often those two were interconnected for me. Like I would travel to a concert, you know, if if you're going to see country music, try to get to Nashville, right? Like there's, that's a fun, if you're going to, you know, so combining those two was always something I thoroughly loved, but took for granted. Yeah, absolutely. I most certainly did. I know Chris was still like before COVID, he would go to three shows a week living in Mm -hmm. Toronto. You know, that's just his program. And for me, I was always like, ah, well, I'll see it some other time. But, but uh, you know, I, I know that Chris is just dying to see shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, Chris, it's, it, are uh, you in a music? I mean, do big names come or would you go to any show just to oh, hear live music? Like, no, I, 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 um, I absolutely purposefully do not see big name bands. Okay. Because uh, I'm in a I'm in a in a neighborhood with um, with mediums uh, a particular medium sized venue that is uh, that's a huge draw for uh, for for great acts that aren't stadium acts and oh. and cl- club acts are certainly my favorite um, three hundred people or less is probably my favorite venue oh, um, nice. and and by virtue of seeing so many because it's sort of my thing and um i mean my kids are grown now but um it wasn't uncommon to do the homework do the dinner do the bed do the bath and then go and see a show and i can and and living in downtown toronto was superb because i can see a show and you know after the last notice played i have my head in the pillow one one o'clock in the morning which is great. Wow. There's no travel, no travel required. And yeah. literally the, the Danforth Music Hall, which is uh, a terrific venue, is not even a 10 minute walk from my front door. So it's a it's a dynamic part of town that suffered so much with uh, with with the oh, current sure. conditions. Um, so it's just been crazy. But the, by virtue of seeing so many acts, I've got to see the initial vapor trail before bands got big. And, and that has been a great pleasure for me, a singular pleasure. Um, seeing, uh, seeing Red Hot Chili Peppers in a medium-sized venue uh, in the 80s was, was terrific. And uh, with, all the, with all the power and passion that never really translates 20 years downstream. But, um, but yeah. seeing bands, doing your research, finding out um, uh, who, who's sort of up and coming. But more importantly, just walking in and discovering something quite by accident. The serendipity yes. of connecting to a band. And uh, I discovered a band quite by accident called The Thermals, um, which I love. They, they sort of oscillate between being together and not. Absolutely one of my favorite bands of my life. And I was just, oh, I think I'll just go in here and check out this band. I don't I never heard of them. And I was, you know, you have that, you have that moment where you are, it, it, this wall of sound sucks 
you into a vortex and you just don't let go it's it's magic yeah. and, and 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 toronto toronto was great at that they're losing the city is losing musical venues really at, at such an alarming rate and covid has probably um accelerated that horrible process to a degree mm -hmm. where when it ends here and trust me we're still in lockdown uh, oh. I, I think I think the washout is going to be horrible for for independent music in, in the city of Toronto. That's really it's awful because That's stadium awful. shows don't do it for me. The predictability of stadium shows don't do it for me. And I think oh. that's that, that's it. I mean, it's a ride at Disney. They start predictably and they end predictably, mostly due to um, big stadium laws. And that's fine. The set lists are. But so much can go wrong in a small venue and so much can go wrong within the fabric of a band at a small venue. I look for that type of situation. I look for the tension. So oh, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of tension in small bands. I'm, small I'm quite sure. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hey, but Chris, let's I'm not, not make gonna, this about me. I'm not going to take up too much more of uh, Elizabeth's time. I know she's uh, she's got a crash soon. But uh, do you have any more questions? Because I, I just have the last question of mine. I, I just have one, and 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 what I'm trying to do is tie some ends together because I think okay. you've got you've got you've got such a great story. Is there a particular song that you loved in your youth? And I, I think I think we'll go past childhood because you, I appreciate that you were influenced and you're so lucky to have parents who like cool music. Yes, That's awesome. I agree. I, mean, I absolutely had, agree. Like so good. But I'd like to know if there's a particular band or song that connects you from your from your uh, from, say, your early teens, a song you absolutely loved. Is there is is there that song that exists that you still is a go to? Because when we started, you said that music takes you to times uh, to a time and place. But I wonder if there's a connection song or band that just takes you know that that moves you that has stayed your favorite, not your favorite, but has stayed important to you all all through the years. Oh, that gosh, that is that is such a great question. Hmm. It's hard. I, I could simplify it by asking because I because and, and I don't mean because it is a tough. I think it's a hard question. It, yeah. Is, it, is there a song that has continually brought you joy through multiple decades of life? I almost want to choose a Van Morrison song just because he was our our <laughs> drunk. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that if it brings, no, if it not, brings just, you joy I was, just, I was just trying to be uh you know like kind of stick it in there um I just guarantee I guarantee it didn't bring you joy when it was played live I'm sure no no days like this uh no not uh so I think just uh, one of the first ones that came yep. to mind was wide open spaces from the Dixie mm. Chicks mm. and it's because it was, I, I, gosh, almost get sad thinking about it or emotional. My, so I didn't take a car to college my freshman year. My sophomore year, I, my parents, you know, I think gave me their car, one of their cars to take back with me. And it was, a, I don't know, driving the speed limit, probably a seven and a half hour drive back to Santa Barbara. <laughs> and that would have, I think at that time, been the longest, you know, kind of road trip by myself. 
Um, and my mom, as I was getting in the car, handed me the Dixie Chicks Wide Open Spaces CD. And she had heard the song on the radio and she, you know, she kind of like put it in, oh gosh, I didn't think I would cry about this. This is really this special. Is my, special. This is my special fault. Memory. I did um, this to you. You did, you did. Women uh, generally make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> Uh, she handed it to me and said, you know, I don't remember now if it was track, I think it's track number two is wide open spaces. And she said, you know, very clearly, like my, my daughter, my hope and my dream for you is to go and experience this world and love every minute of it. And it is ahead of you and you are, you know, just driving off kind of like into, into the world as a woman that like we've given you everything that we can and, and you're kind of, you're on your own. And I listened to that CD and that song, you know, and I'm very close with my family. So driving away, I felt this like, oh, I'm going to miss my, you know, I'm a, it was kind of like a separation moment. Mm -hmm. um, but then also this moment of kind of stepping into my own. And so that song and even that whole CD can play and I am equal parts grateful that I had a family that raised me to be able to go out into the world and be the person that I am. Um, but also very sad and nostalgic for the life that I had before as a young girl to then that transition as a woman. And then even now, like watching my nieces grow up and thinking, my gosh, someday I'm, you know, we'll be seeing them go off into the mm -hmm. world and and the beautiful scary awesome it kind of challenge that life is so and, sorry, and you'll know that. what cd to give them yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow this is the first time we had anyone cry on the show oh my gosh no 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 jock climby cried <laughs> oh for goodness sakes this is we have we have to think of it to, to end it a, a different way i can't be the only person crying on here i mean okay I'm trying to well, think if be, there's some oh my karaoke my song can we oh, do so yes what's uh, your karaoke song mm. it is always rap music and it is almost always like some kind of you know any in totally inappropriate like Freaks of the industry from Digital Underground <laughs> or um, Ain't No Fun. I mean, like something absolutely not appropriate because you you see, you know, tall, blonde, blue-eyed white girl go up and grab the mic. And 99% of people are expecting, you know, a rendition of any number of like Celine Dion songs, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, you know, anything along that genre. And so it is always inappropriate rap music. And I don't, I think it's also because I can't sing. I mean, God did not give me the voice of an angel, despite the <laughs> fact that I asked for that every day of my life. Um, I don't actually have to sing and perform. I can like, you know, dance and rap. And uh, so if you ever, if we ever have the pleasure, the three of us of going to karaoke when things open up again, you have it in, you know now what I will be, uh, what I will be rapping. Well, we're, we're on the same 
we're on the same page because this is what was spinning on my turntable um, just twenty minutes oh. before we spoke. So oh, that and I and I so good. and and our, our our producers didn't give me any background no? information on you. So this is completely this is all full it was, and true. It was meant to be. Oh, that public. Oh, that public enemy record is good. That, there you go. Good. Yeah, this has been so much fun because I think this is. If we had a title for this show, it would be this this the story of ninety degree turns. We go from, <laughs> you know, we go from Billy Joel to Beastie Boys, and then we just went from Dixie Chicks making you cry, and then just throwing it down hard at karaoke. There's a oh lot of right God. angles. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of right angles. Um, Elizabeth, I bet your arm is gonna is really tired from holding that phone. Yes. Hey. Uh, I balanced it on the knee just fine. We are, okay. I just really enjoyed this time with you guys. This was a lot of fun. I, thank you well, for triggering some really happy memories. <laughs> so, you know, the last question of the show, yeah. uh, with the whole idea is to make you a mixtape. What mm -hmm. kind of, and you oh, have good given luck, us so gentlemen. much ammunition. Good. This is either going to be the easiest or the most difficult mixtape you have ever had to make because I mean, you could probably just pick, put shuffle on, but <laughs> I have a feeling that you two will deliver some of the best music and the best compilation that I've ever heard. Well, is there, is there any mood or any situation you're like, gosh, I, I kind of have a void in this, in this part of my life for music that I can't quite figure out what the mixtape is and I want them to make it. Or is there any rules whatsoever? There are absolutely no rules. There kids, there, there is, yeah, there is nothing is off the table, no off limits, with the exception of the like techno, yeah. like and like lyrically. Yeah, I I don't I like to be able to understand like to be able to sing or understand or rap the words but I mean Joyner Lucas his new album is fantastic so it's like lyrically if there's something behind it I'm going to like it so right you are yeah there's there's no and I would say I don't need I have plenty of like mixes to work out to plenty of like road trip playlists so it, this could just be a day in the life, like start to finish, okay. uh, wake up to go to sleep. Could be, yeah, that would be the challenge. So you have to hit all the things. You have to Jeez. hit waking me up. <laughs> you have to hit like some, you know, work, two workouts. Uh, I'm liking I love, this. I love music when I cook. I mean, my gosh, Frank Sinatra, when you're cooking is just about as good as it gets. So, um, and then yeah, to bed. Uh, something wow. calming to bed. Good, good luck, gentlemen. Chris, this is going to be our first 120 song playlist. <laughs> this is. I was going to say, uh, you really, you really teed up lots of uh, lots of opportunity for us to make good on your wishes. So this is this is terrific. Well, uh, Elizabeth, you are our first American on our little uh, podcast. You are. You've broken wow. down the doors. Oh my god. Let gosh. it let it happen. I love it. Well, my friend, I love it. This has been a lot of fun. This is like when you when you first responded, I said, she's got a musical story. This is gonna be good. <laughs> and you threw it down. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, 
Um, we've got our work cut out for us. I, I thoroughly enjoyed spending the evening with you two. It was, <laughs> you can tell that you know and love music, but also just, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to express how important music is to me. And it was a fun, yeah, just, I, I, <laughs> We will, I will do this again with you, regardless of recording, just because it was enjoyable to spend an hour with you two. Part two. Oh, that's the best thing. All right, well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We'll see you. It was nice to meet you, Elizabeth. Take it care. was wonderful to meet you. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye. All right, so the task is to, you know, Elizabeth actually gave us a lot of, uh, a lot of rope here. Make any list we want, but, um, we decided to kind of pick times of the day, like waking up and then uh, driving to the pool after pool, you know, as if she was gonna do maybe a pool workout, do some work and then, um, and then maybe a CrossFit session and make dinner and then wrap it up in the evening. So that's kind of what we had in mind with making this mixtape for Elizabeth. So here's our attempt to, to make a, an awesome playlist and, uh, and hopefully she enjoys it. I remember when we first started doing the music for this, because I think that night or the next day, you and I were, were throwing back ideas of yeah. more silly songs. Like, like I started with, uh, I didn't put it on this, but you sure, sure, sure as hell went with a good one. Um, <laughs> the, the song, hey, one of my favorite films is The Wonder Boys. Mm. No one's seen it. I love yeah. it. Michael Douglas, Francis McDormand, young Tobey yeah. Maguire, Katie Holmes. Robert Downey Jr., he was in jail. They sprung him from jail to wow. film his scenes. Fucking love hmm. that film. But in that film is that Good Morning song that uh, I sent to you and uh, oh, uh, yeah. Toby Maguire's, uh, it was all fucked up, he gets high and, um, <laughs> and he's singing that. And that song is on when, when uh, Michael Douglas is trying to track down his wife. Oh, what an amazing film. But I didn't put that in, but I'm gonna put the video on the website. Just, you know, perfect. why the hell not? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> because you have to start this because your song, the video, there's no Spotify for this, but the video is going on the website. Where did you find it? How did this come to be? When was the first time you heard this? I need to know everything about your pick. About Toast? A toast. Okay. By the so, street band. Yeah. So, so the great radio host uh, based in Toronto um, now, maybe Hamilton now, um, Alan Cross. I don't know, were you familiar with the ongoing history of new music? Yes, and I've listened to Alan right. Cross, yeah. yeah. Smart cooking. So love, Al love Alan Cross. He was, he was my savior when I was commuting between Ottawa and Toronto for work and Ottawa, Kingston for work. Um, the late night uh, programming was great. And Alan Cross did a show in the early 80s and it was on... CFNY, I think, and I think it, and, and he did a rarities and he would, he would come up with the craziest rare songs and, um, and uh, toast was, toast was on his list and it made absolutely no sense that it came out of complete nowhere, but you know, the, the hook to this is uh, toast is, is, it's, it's just such an, it's such a typical English type of situation. It paints a picture of of, of 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 an English life for sure, but the the crazy ass thing about that is is that uh, super successful later 
uh, UK crooner, um, uh, um, uh, Paul Young was the singer in that band. Do you remember Paul Young? Okay, I watched the video. I didn't pick that out. Paul Young. Was he in that apparently. video? Was he apparently. in that video? Oh, yeah. I think he had a different haircut than he had in the in the uh, in eighty three and eighty four, or, or the three months where he was popular. Yeah, because he had he had good hair at that time. Yeah, I never got Paul Young, and 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 when I made the connection that he was in Street Band, and it it is a ridiculous song. It's and and I really do have a soft spot for one hit wonders. I do, like <laughs> it's so fucked up. And this was a hit for them. No, okay, because <laughs> you said one hit wonder. <laughs> oh, I know, oh, I know. It was the one one moderately recognizable song as opposed to a hit i think it got some radio play in the uk and oh it must and, have yeah but you know the uk certainly wasn't widely known for i mean that song was released in 1978 so the uk was not known for novelty acts i mean python ate up all that appetite for novelty and benny and, hill and, and benny hill yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm surprised not to see him in that video, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was that it was that silly. And and I can tell you that this was a difficult task for me to 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 piece together music because I because uh, it's probably the one the one guest we've had where I had 100 percent of nothing in common. I don't do a lot of, I don't swim a lot of laps at five in the morning. I don't know if you knew that about me. <laughs> and while but, I, while, while I Elizabeth like to eat healthy. Loves, Elizabeth loves music. So that's oh, your. Oh, no question. On. No yeah. question. And, and I was style. able to j jump on. And I think um, uh, I, I steered, I, I steered the truck towards a little can con because I, I got, you know, I got a sense that, that she, she could use a little bit of that. I think my list Same. proves that out. And, yeah. uh, and, and it was something that I thought, wow, you know, just, just meeting her as we did on the show, I thought, I think she dig this song. I just think it, it's, there's an energy that, that, and, and I think the main thing for me was, I don't think that she's probably heard a lot of these. And she gave no. us carte blanche. Yeah, she we did. And when I, you're right. And when I was in doubt, I went CanCon. Like <laughs> I, I gave her Canada too. Absolutely. I love it. Um, and, and you know what? So this is our, and I think we both followed kind of the same progression because she said throughout the day, like make us mm -hmm. a list that will work throughout the day. So, you know, you have toast. I, uh, I, I went with Aquarius, let the sun shine Ooh. in, you yes. know, and it's, it's a happy song. And it starts like, you know, all dreamy and almost like, you sure. know, bruggy. And then it kicks into super fun. And it's kind of a good song, even though she says she jumps out of bed and is super happy. Everyone needs a little progression, like as they're brushing uh -huh. their teeth, maybe to get to get happy, happy. But um, but yeah, these are our wake up songs for her. She gets to let the sunshine in. She gets toast. Um, and uh, but. <laughs> Here, here we go with Brad's research. Um, yes, please. Um, this song came about because they, one of the band members left his wallet in a New York City cab. And for some reason, it got returned to the, a theater. And, um, oh no, it was found by one of the, the members in Hair. 
the play Hair at the time, the musical Hair. And uh, they contacted this guy and then they're like, oh, you're in a band, come watch the show. Watch the show and they came up with a song. They, they took a, a couple words out of a previous song and, and ran with the song. So it's wow. from a good deed in New York City back in the day. Hey, you know what? That's got great pedigree. I love it. Yeah, and <laughs> you have to watch the video. It will be on the website. Okay. It is straight. Like if I if I woke up, like if I nodded off and the video was on, I would go, am I watching the Big Lebowski? It's a Big Lebowski dream scene, which most <laughs> of my references are Big Lebowski. Uh, so uh, it's oh, no big surprise, sure. but, uh, but nonetheless. So that's my, <laughs> that is my, that's our wake up songs. And, and, um, and yeah, what's, uh, so I, and then I'll, I'll do this because this is my progression. Oh, I please. have her driving to the pool. It's a swim day, you know? So she's had her wake up. Mm -hmm. Now she drives to the pool. Probably one of those athletes that doesn't even eat before she gets, well, obviously most people don't eat before they go swimming, but, um, but the pool to her because she used to be a like collegiate, like high level collegiate swimmer to, to swim at, you know, Santa Barbara. Jesus, that's a kick-ass school. Um, so I picked Church by Sam Henshaw Ooh. because the pool is her church, you know, sure. no doubt about it. Um, that's where her happy place is. And even she said that music's not even really involved, maybe on the pool deck before a race or maybe the headphones. But once you're in that water, it, this is your church. And um, and I don't know, it just made sense. And, and plus, you know, she uh, she's our most religious character, uh, a guest on the show for sure. So uh, I think she would like the uh, the church references. And uh, and this guy came by. Honestly, his dad was a pastor. He sang in the choir and uh, and now he's got this going on. So so there you go. That's uh, I got her out of bed. I got her to the pool. And uh, and uh, and you worked a little baptism imagery in there too. Most certainly, Saint John Absolutely. would be very proud. Yes, yeah. So um, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I I don't know. I the the wake up was easy for me. Just I actually yeah. heard this on the radio. I was probably listening to CBC. I was like, oh, that's it right there. So so these these first couple were easy. I uh, I I needed to. Uh, with the oscillation of the day, and it kind of sounds to me like this is a pedal to the metal day every day. So I had to keep the pace. You did. So let's say let's say out of the pool and back in the car. I, I went with uh, Blood in the Cup because I love uh, Kay Flay. Christine Flaherty is just so cool. Um, uh, and, and it's a, it's a killer track. It's a great, great song. Yeah. Um, super song. She does, she does some very cool, uh, uh, vocalizations in her other work, but this one is a ballsy song. It's, 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 it's an in your face, full upfront blood pumper that, uh, that uh, I'm suspecting is sort of tease up the rest of the day, let's say. So I needed something that was gonna, that was gonna get into gear quickly. This is- Well, you most this, certainly did. This is an individual I think doesn't spend a lot of time in first and second gear. It's sort of a, let's get this day going. And, you oh. know. I bet you on some days, jump from the pool and right into like biking or something like that. So you got that mm -hmm. covered. And Kay Flay, uh, 
that's a she's a charger like yeah she's got some it, it, i wouldn't say like um you know when you say someone has lots of energy it's like oh they're all over the place it's like she has like that that deep energy where it's like oh she's not messing around you know and she sings and it's like um there there's 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 gravitas to it you know there is gravitas she went to stanford uh, yeah i know and she and, got her start uh, yeah. um she was listening to some rap or something because she did a lot of rap early on oh absolutely and, uh, yeah and uh she was uh, apparently sitting around with some friends and she's like i can do better than this and that's how she started <laughs> she wasn't musically trained she's like yeah i think i got this <laughs> damn but i wish i wish one of those times i said that and tried something i know that exactly out. <laughs> yeah magic genie poof <laughs> <laughs> well you know i i kind of you know i have a little inside information because of the fact that i know that elizabeth doesn't just train 24 7 that she actually has a business like she's she handles oh, nutrition yeah. plans for a lot of people right so i thought you know after the pool she probably takes a break but gets some work done so i am um, I went with a driving song on the way from the pool to Starbucks because she likes the white noise of Starbucks and hanging out there and doing some work. So I went with, uh, uh, and I just bought tickets for them for February 22nd. Um, I saw. The, uh, the drive-by truckers. Mm -hmm. and, oh, um, drive-by truckers, great. Yeah. yeah, first day of autumn. So yeah, um, so um, yeah, it was a ticket buying day today. So I've got I, my I January and February lined up. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, these guys, these guys are, uh, whenever I see anyone who's spent any time in Muscle Shoals, your eyes mm -hmm. your eyes open up. And uh, these guys are from that area. And they had your buddy Jason Isbell in the band for one or two yeah. years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, I believe there was a, a drinking incident or something, you know. And, these uh, things happen. These do. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but. Uh, um, you know, and the lyrics up, first air, first air of autumn up your nose. Um, popcorn, heavy hairspray, nylon pantyhose. Come on, yeah, yeah that's a nice song to to mellow it too. Yeah, so. great, great, a superb live act. We we uh, caught them with a few friends uh, years ago at the Phoenix uh, here in Toronto, and uh, it was just a superb, superb show. Just... Yeah, that's what my 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 musical guru Tim McDermott, who I've mentioned before, mm. he um. He uh, he made it very uh, very clear to me that I be I should be getting tickets to these guys because they're so nice. good live. Yeah. yeah, you won't be disappointed. Right on. Where are you going? Uh, here's here's an oldie goldie, but it's uh, it's uh, mm. I would say that this this is this is a gear down. To be fair, just to mm -hmm. we're, we're we're it's a racehorse. It's we're we're pacing we're pacing the day a little bit. I went with uh, Roxy's uh, "Loves the Drug." Um, it's an oldie uh, from 1975 um, off the Siren LP, but a great uh, a great. I've always loved this song. I'm not even a huge Roxy music fan. It's her it's her best song of all time, and uh, and love it. I mean, you you probably get into a into an argument about people who love Avalon too. I mean, there's no you know there's you know here and there but i gotta tell you it's a good i'd say it's a good 10 30 a.m song <laughs> it's not it it's is, not super it's not super challenging you know what it is no. you know where it's going you know where it's taking you 
You've been there many, many times, but I think this is the comfort food of morning songs. We're not at lunch yet. No, we are at lunch. I think it could do double time as like a 7.30, 7.45 song. If you're like, you know, you're kind of setting the mood for someone who you might hook up with. It's like, you kind of, you know, give okay. that look. It's like, you know, just, just putting it out there. Okay. Yeah. We live in different worlds. <laughs> no, not a lot of, I live in I live in a Walter Mitty world and you live in the real world. <laughs> it's not a lot of putting it out there in COVID Toronto. You know, the uh, the actual video that I'm gonna put online is uh is one that they um Brian Ferry does recently of this song and it holds up perfectly well. Like he sings it a little differently than before, but fantastic so yeah this has stood the test of time and it works well for him still you know sure. which is great um i went with her local friend when she was at, at a university would have been tom petty because he lived sure. in santa barbara his studio mm -hmm. there i'm not sure yeah. if that's the place that burnt down but it might have been but um but wildflowers and it's a beautiful song like it's such a beautiful song it's a beautiful video too um but these are he just went in the studio wildflowers are all around like he had a huge expansive uh backlog and um he wrote this in one take he 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 worked on uh, an eight track or something like that he pushed record did it in one tank take done with it listen to it later he said i'm not changing a thing magic when it happens it happens it does yeah That's, and i think i told I mean, you before that uh, there was uh, in the biography or something, his, uh, his kids were asked something about his creative process. And it was like, yeah, unless the place was burning down, we weren't allowed to go in the, in the back shed. And wow. uh, I, so I, got, I don't think he was home when the, the place burnt down. So, sure. but uh, um, yeah. I, I'm bummed I never got to see him because he rolled around mm. a year before he, he, uh, he, he left us too early. And, uh, and it was one of those where, I think pre-COVID where you're like, man, I'll have another time to see him, you know, sure. I'll, I'll get him next time around. And, uh, and I've mentioned before to you is that I'm not making that mistake again. Like I, I you're going to see many shows a month, but I'm most certainly going to see a show or two per month, you know, going forward because they're, they want to entertain us. So I'm going to take, uh, take it all in. Yeah. The, the, the tragedy of Tom Petty's ending is just, I mean, it's just so sad. I mean, you know, pushing yourself through a tour, you know, on, on painkillers, being such, uh, so committed to your craft, so committed to the fans that it ultimately, you know, led to, uh, led to the end it was just, just terrible, you know? Yeah. He had, did you he, had see a lot that? Of, he had a lot of gas left in the tank. That's what I thought. Uh, did yeah. you see that uh, Netflix three hour documentary on him? Yeah. 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 Uh, that was, that was a long one, but, um, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I, I took me a few, two, uh, I, I cut it into two, but uh, um, yeah, Tallahassee, Florida kid, you know, just said, mm -hmm. I'm going to California. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you know, the, I love Damn the Torpedoes, start to finish. That is just such a terrific, uh, uh, I, I, I am a, <laughs> I, I need to toss in a disclaimer. I cannot stand the song Free Falling. I think you've mentioned that before. I fucking hate it. 
that came God at bless. a time of God bless Tom Petty, but fuck, it's just that song just is just greats on me. That's funny because you know I think he had he had had the normal progression it was coming down, yeah. and that hit at a certain time where he found a whole new subset of fans. Like he just oh, yeah. people just sure. discovered him for the second time or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. In Tom's defense. Mind. My all-time favorite Tom Petty song is "American Girl." Yeah, I can see that. Fucking love it. Just yeah. amazing. That one always gets it, it, that one always uh, gets pushed up in the volume scale in the house or in the car. Yeah, as it should. Or where, hey, wherever. And you know, because I gave you my list beforehand, mm. uh, I couldn't. I couldn't stick to ten songs uh, just because I was kind of thinking, you know. I kind of think, well, she's going to spend a little time like writing meal plans and stuff like this. Yeah. So she mentioned Dixie Chicks, Wide Open Spaces. So I threw that yeah. in just because I'm pretty yeah. damn sure that she's going to be like, ah, they remembered that song, you know, and and it yeah. is pretty good. And uh, I guess they're just called the Chicks now. No Dixie. They they, they dropped that. Sure. Um, it's a reasonable, but, yeah. uh, a reasonable change. Yeah. But uh, I, I, you know, we don't need to talk about it. It's just, uh, just a matter nope. of like in this subset of songs I had to throw in Dixie Chicks and, uh, and, uh, and that was a, a big song. And I actually listened to the lyrics more clearly than I ever have. And it's like, yeah, I could see driving away, you know, leaving mom and mom's like, this is a CD, you're grown up now and uh, definitely having a good cry for sure. Yeah, that was actually, that was a really cool part of the story that she was telling. That was great. No. I know. I loved it. She's, she's, she uh, wears her emotions on her sleeve. <laughs> she yeah. had a little cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you made her cry. That's just. <laughs> I um. Uh, I I kept the. I mean, I geared back. Uh, geared back up a little bit with a cover song that that I, I found you know years ago, but um, I knew in its original form by Etta James. And and I love Jelly Black to death. I just think she is just so cool. And and that uh, her her uh, her version of Seven Day Fool is awesome. Mm -hmm. It is a killer track. It's 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 from another era. And yeah. and and she just makes it. She just makes it hum. It's just so beautifully done. That voice, I can listen to her voice all day. It's it's yeah. damn cool. But that song is a real energizer. I love it. I just I love the vibe. It just it really sends out some good stuff, and uh, it makes you want to get going. It does. I forgot that Jelly Black's been around for a bit. Oh yeah, is she yeah. a Toronto girl? She's. I think she's Toronto based. I don't know if she's yeah. from Toronto necessarily, yeah. but uh, certainly uh, certainly has been a big presence in Toronto. Yeah, sure. yeah, I saw that video um, where she performed this during Gay uh, Gay Pride a couple mm. years ago, and uh, <laughs> she's a strong woman. Yeah, <laughs> she commands the stage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. there's uh, no need yeah. to look the other way. It's pretty clear I have a type. <laughs> like yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> really. I mean, musically and otherwise, really cool, tough, strong women musically are just just it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and she fits that bill for sure yeah um hey um so i think the way i planned it her 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 work day is done she's written three three meal plans super fast and um she's getting ready to do crossfit today 
because, uh, you know, I was thinking when I make this, I'm like, how can you make a, a music for someone who goes on five hour bike rides? <laughs> Here's yeah. one song. But but she was pretty clear that her coach, uh, coach, whatever, uh, he controls the music there. No one else bother and uh, or no one else should dare. And I thought, God, if she had that window of opportunity um, to, to grab control of the music at the CrossFit for like four or five songs. So I threw four or five in there. And uh, and um, I I love I, I really like Chris Stapleton as a country guy. And, uh, and I discovered him late, but everyone discovered him late because he wrote songs. He was one of those guys that we would have seen at the five spot in Nashville because mm. he wrote songs for other people, performed rarely. He was pretty much just pumping out tunes for 10 years there. And then he wrote the, like the one song that, that got him attention. And it was, it was off to the races. And, uh, and, I knew about him. I heard a little bit, but I didn't at that time, especially listen to much country music. But I think at the Grammys or one, I think it was the Grammys where he performed with Justin Timberlake. And, uh, and you know, Justin is a big promoter of Nashville since he's from there. And mm. I, I don't know, I'm sure, I, I don't know your feelings on Justin Timberlake, but I quite like him. He's an entertainer. You know, he knows how to get things moving. You might think that I have something against Justin Timberlake. I don't at all. I'm, I I don't necessarily listen to listen to a ton of his music, but I've seen I, I've seen the way he handles himself in external media. Um, he doesn't mind taking the piss out of himself. He doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's mm-hmm. by all measure a hell of a performer. And and just because I don't have his music on high rotation, I'm certainly not going to be dismissive. Yeah, you know. And like, I would have no problem. Like I would actually pay some money to see him live because he puts on a show. Hmm. I guess you wouldn't. <laughs> in your, de- in your defense though, he does in not my do small defense, venues. It's, it's a big production. In my defense, I think I have an NSYNC t-shirt. <laughs> he was in NSYNC, wasn't he? Was he in sync? I get them confused. Back what was this boy then? Oh no, he wasn't in Backstreet. Okay, then it must have been in sync. I think it was in sync. I'm, I may have to do some research, but um, uh, I was chastised heavily uh, for showing up to <laughs> to uh, a, a record release show um, where we played with my in sync T-shirt. I, I took a lot of shit for that. Come on, <laughs> I'm wearing it on our next show. I hope you do. Enough of this corporate stuff. Not <laughs> that. Yeah. I oh, know I did. I took a lot of heat for that, but yeah. Well, so, so funny so this, how that. How, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no. It's, uh, but I, I think it's the. Uh, it's a nice little uh, twist. It's a. It's a good little bit of irony for you to be wearing a uh, NSYNC shirt and then uh, throwing it down. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be wearing it the next time we see each other per, in person. I, I can vow that. I can. I will put that down in, in ink. Where Where did um, you? I mean that that that's a I mean JT obviously is 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 going to fit into a uh, a specific um, genre with 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 a lot of people and uh, that's sort of up tempo, fantastico stuff. Where where did I'm curious as to as to where in this bike ride portion of the day where did you go after Justin Timberlake? Like where where okay, does one so, go? So we just walked into the CrossFit gym 
and doing CrossFit, or I'm not taking her on a bike ride today. She's having an off day. So I did say something uh, by those two. And, uh, and then that video is, is hilarious because that's one of the, uh, that video is done in one take and it is this huge space and it follows them up and down elevators, like crazy one take handheld camera, let's go. It's brilliant. Wow. So you have to see the video. Uh, but then once she has a little bit of trust, she's, she's, uh, she's got the, um, the sound system and then she goes, uh, Missy Elliott and, wow. um, get your freak on, you know? So everyone's going to be pretty motivated, you know? Uh, and what I love is on this video, it starts with this Japanese guy doing the typical, I think he's like cross, you know, he got the the two legs out, like, um, that, that Sumo. crazy pose, but in Japanese, what does he say? He, um, he says from now all together, go crazy, go for it, go for it. Come on. <laughs> That's the start of the song. And, uh, and this is how we're going to treat the CrossFit's, uh, workout. And, okay. uh, and then uh, I know she likes her rap. So Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. So that's yeah. another one in this little set. But then the one that's, um, that I, I will be very honest, I've never been a big punk fan, but over the last maybe two, three years, I listened more of it. And since she started the show, I listen to a lot more now because the fact that, you know, uh, you've walked me through it a little bit. And the Rach McBride episode, the two of you talking, I'm like, I got to get more into this and Scott. And uh, I'm happy for that. But um, I went with some uh, Southern California boys face to face. And this is the accidental punk band that I listened to when I lived in, uh, in the Gorge and Hood River for two summers. And I thought I bought a CD. I thought it was something else entirely. I thought it was like the name of an album from another band face to face. And I put it in and I'm like, what is this? And I absolutely loved it because, you know, uh, windsurfing is one thing, but when you're doing kiteboarding in the early days where it's just two lines and, and no chicken oh. loop and uh, there's zero control, you have to be jacked as soon as you hit that beach. Cause as soon as the kite goes up, you're like, there's no easing into this run. <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, so, um, and, and walk the walk. And this is her life, you know, like working out. And, um, and especially now I've got her in the CrossFit gym, like she better walk the walk. And uh, it's, it, I love the lyrics of the song. Um, and the reason why I like this song, probably the best of, of many punk bands is because it's probably punk light in that it doesn't, it isn't huge, like thrashing the guitars. I can actually hear the lyrics, which I love. You know, a lot of punk, I can't quite discern the lyrics. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, <laughs> it's sure it's, it's an acquired taste. I see exactly where you're going. Maybe when you bought it, you were thinking you're getting a Pete Townsend track from white city. Cause he did face to face. Do you know that tune? Oh, I do indeed. But yeah. I, I don't, I really don't that know what it. I was thinking. And you know, at that time, making a $20 purchase, committing to a CD when you're a bum right. living in your, in your station wagon, <laughs> windsurfing every day, that was a major commitment. I wasn't too pleased and originally that I had just thrown away 20 American on a, on a band yeah. that I had no idea, but it, it stuck with me like that. It's their self-titled album, Face to Face. This thing is the third one. And uh, I'm thrilled that I have it. You know, it'll always be in heavy rotation, every mix for me. Do you, do you still have the copy you bought? I do. Fantastic. I know. I have a lot of CDs. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I've, I've covered the CrossFit game. Um, I, I jumped in with, uh, with, uh, some beasties, uh, open letter to New York city, 
which which going back to uh, our punk discussion, uh, it samples the awesome song Sonic Reducer, mm -hmm. which which um, by the Dead Boys. And I mean, Sonic Reducer is is needs to be you know in the top punk songs of all time. But moreover, I have a deep and abiding love for for the Beasties, and uh, and. I, th I like that it takes you on a trip. It, it just takes you on a trip through the boroughs. And in my head, that was part of, of an extended sort of bike ride. You know what I, where, I'm, yeah. where I'm going with this? I was yeah. thinking that with uh, with uh, with um, Lisbeth, um, you know, doing her thing and covering ground, and 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 you know, in her long rides, seeing different terrains, seeing different people, seeing different bits of, you know, where she is. And, uh, and, 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 um, you know, open letter to New York city there, uh, is, it really is a, is, is a song about that. It, it takes you on a little trip through the boroughs talks about some horrible things, uh, references nine 11 and, yeah. uh, all the things that are fantastic and not fantastic about the boroughs. Yeah. Like it is the post nine 11 song. That's, uh, yeah. you know, they, they referenced a bunch of stuff when they were making that song but when you talk about biking through the city the video as you will see um i'm putting it up there it's them skateboarding through all the boroughs like it's fantastic like it really is just tripping through the city and I, I think i when i was looking at this i'm like this should be um the chamber of commerce should be showing the uh the visitors this 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 video like well, i mean it's just it talks about everything and it's like them having a great time in five boroughs and seeing the differences i, I love it it's uh for sure it, it's a great song um but I, I love the video. It's just, I don't know, as you know, I like videos way too much and I, I don't understand <laughs> that. But uh, Well, it's true, you know, because of the fact that, you know, when I, when I looked, you know, especially getting your songs, which, so the songs I haven't picked, I'm like, oh man, I forgot that song and I want to get back into it. So I pop up videos straight away to remember the guys in the band, uh, mm. guys, women, uh, whomever. And, um, but also uh, I'm looking for live performances too. So if I can, I will always post a live performance, you know, of that, my, of my version preference. Of that song. Yeah, my exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why I think I fall in love with videos again, because I'm trying to reacquaint myself with the song. And if anyone goes to our website, then it's like, I just, I don't feel like clicking on Spotify and going somewhere else. It's like, ah, I can just see this song and actually get a, oh. get a sense for the vibe and the fashion and, and the, some of the stupidity, but some of it's just magic. Like, a, like I said, that, Justin Timberlake video, this Beastie Boy video, you know, it takes you back to, you know, and the, it's black and white and kind of grainy and I don't know, it's just gritty. So I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I dug it. I was so glad you popped this up because I forgot about this song. Like, you know, how many times do you listen to a song that doesn't get heavy rotation you, and if you don't have the album, like I've heard it maybe two or three times and now it's in my, it's in my wheelhouse, yeah. you know, Spotify it's, loves me. <laughs> <laughs> it does love you. It does love you. Um, uh, and, yeah, sorry, sorry. You um, uh, you sent me a little note uh, that you enjoyed the uh, speaking of live performances. You enjoyed that live performance of um, that you found of uh, Seasons, Future Island. Wow. You know. Yeah, I I, I got to tell you, I've never been really glommed on to synth pop, really. Uh, you know, in in a big big way, but um, that's a that's a great tune. You know. Is it ever the pride you know, of Baltimore, Maryland? Pardon me, Baltimore, Maryland. The, oh, is the, he really? Lots of fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And 
and he talks about that 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 performance on Letterman really made their mm. career. And yeah, yeah, you know, it, 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 you know, they're all a performer. I was thinking about this today because I actually I watched the video twice today, once early this morning, and uh, just when you said you're going to be late, I popped it in again. To get in the mood. <laughs> oh, good. I absolutely love this video. Um, but you know, they're they're performers, but. Jesus, it's that he almost wanted to rip his heart out. Like he was beating on his like, I don't know if he does that every performance. Like he's got to have bruises because that was and and you could see like when something, you know, David Letterman used to see uh five acts a week and he's pretty yeah. numb to them. And for him to jump out of the chair and he's like, I'll take more of that, you know, like he was yeah. jacked. And uh and I always wonder, uh, maybe you have seen, but I've never seen. Um, I've only seen live performances that were intended to be live, live in front of people. I sure. don't know what it'd be like to be a performer uh, in a situation like that, where there's a studio audience that didn't come to see you, you know, I, and I there's only 50 of them. I can't imagine how tough it would be to play one song and then walk away. Yeah, you especially know, with fans live, who might yeah. be totally indifferent. Yeah, I mean, a live show is is, you know, like anything else, like this mixtape we're putting together, it's a, it's about pace and and timing and and reaction. And this is really, you know, harkens back to the days. And it must have been difficult for for the Beatles. I don't know if they did it actually live off the floor, but certainly in that in the Ed Sullivan Theater, in the exact same theater that this one on, you know, the Beatles having to get out there and you know crank out one song and they couldn't hear anything because of the screaming. Yeah, but as a band doing a late night show, I think just going and doing doing one song must be a major pain in the ass. God, especially I think they tape at four in the afternoon too. It's just a, such a weird hour for them, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it would be tough, but in in you know, um, in that instant, um, that was as genuine uh, a live performance as you can get in a one song type of deal. I think they left it all out there. And so you, I mean, you and I have seen a lot of wooden performances on these shows because they're just not ready to go. No. Or, or Letterman's backup band, you know, takes on most of the legwork and, and just, you know, yeah. And fucks it up pretty badly, but not yeah. in this case. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, hey, I you, thought you might like that. One. Man, did I ever, and I forgot that song. Like, <laughs> hey, like I said to you before, uh, I don't even know if we have a viewer, but I love this show because I get to learn, <laughs> I get to uh, revisit music and learn music. And I I revisited this one, but I forgot, like, I forgot what this brought. I, I probably just heard it in passing, but this is, uh, this might be in my top 10. I absolutely love this song. Um, hey, I never mentioned uh, the last stage uh, in, in the CrossFit gym. The song I actually want to talk about was Little, yeah. Little Bones by the Hip. You know, so we're giving giving uh, giving our friend Elizabeth a little more Canadian, mm. and and I would think with you know her her bringing it uh, and working out hard that she should know the hip. It would be a disservice like for someone to be a music fan to not you know. And I hope she would have seen them back in the day because they toured so much. And I, I have my doubts though. But um, mm. Little Bones, a good little rocker, early days, which I I, I don't know. Well, I, I like the hip in many in many of their iterations and generations, but um, uh, Little Bones, I love. And I, I love the, um, the you know, as he loves to when he's live, just talking, rambling on and rambling on. But this one, he often said this, he said, uh, beauty can't save the world, beauty can't save the world, but a kitty 
could, a fucking cat could save the world. And it's in reference to a, a Timothy Finley book in which uh, wow. the um, Little Bones was the name of the cat in the book. And that's where the song came from. Okay, I wow, yeah. didn't know that one. I know. So it's from the Timothy Finley book, Little Bones, or yeah, I, I may have, I don't know. I don't know the truth on that one. Maybe after they made the song, then he read the book and he just tied the two together. That probably makes more sense because it is talking about eating chicken bones. So I don't know. So, well, you know, I think, I think that that was Gord's strength was bringing obscure um, references out of, out of novels that he loved and recreating, giving them a new life, giving yeah. them an unconnected to the source, new interpretation and a new love. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, he's certainly well, well known for that throughout his, you know, you know, amazing, amazing uh, body of work. But uh, that's damn cool. Hey, yeah, I didn't know that this morning. <laughs> and so when she's left, she's left the CrossFit gym. She's now driving. I guess she's going to wind it down for the day. This is two workouts. Most athletes only do two workouts. So so and uh she mentioned that she does like her karaoke. She's jacked. And I think she's ready to put on a little Snoop Dogg, Ain't No Fun, which is her favorite karaoke song. Yep. And, uh, and I thought I'd give that to her in, in the car because she's jacked. She's ready to throw it down. Just her in the car, karaoke, Snoop Dogg. And um, did you know? As a <laughs> test of your general knowledge. <laughs> in 2002, Snoop Dogg declared he was done with marijuana. Oh, he had really? some crazy epiphany, and obviously, before he turned himself into Snoop Lion, because that was yeah. definitely making friends with the, the <laughs> marijuana of Jamaica. And um, but uh, we're pretty sure that didn't happen because by 2013, yeah. he believes he smokes 80 blunts a day. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. Uh-huh. Because uh, he's devoting a lot of time to 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 coaching his kids' athletic uh, football, mm -hmm. athletics and football careers. So I don't know if it's frowned upon for a coach or anybody in a coaching position to be out on the field just firing one up. It seems counterintuitive. It seems counterintuitive, but uh, what I'm more scared of the guy who's never smoked a joint, who's uh, who's the prick of a coach. I'd rather like my coach, you oh, know. If he's, oh, if, no you know, question. No, 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 no question. I, I'm just talking about the yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about you know when, when you're there, when you're there with your with in any capacity, especially with your kid. It's best to have both feet on the ground. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> but now, to be fair, to be fair. No one gave me any parenting awards. <laughs> I have, I'm yet to receive any, any parenting accolades. I think there's an 11th place ribbon in the drawer with my name on it. But, but that being my, said, I, I think you knew your timing. You, you could pick your moments, I believe. It's all about timing. My, my greatest Snoop Dogg story is uh, a good buddy went on a went on a uh, uh, a trip through Ireland and and bought a um, bought a you know GPS thing in the car because it's it's 
you know, there, there's some, there's some tough roads out there um, as I found out many times, but in the GPS package upgrade, you could have the narration by Snoop Dogg for an extra X number of dollars. And I'm not so, even asking what X is. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Immediately, this guy, who you know, said, oh, I'm all over that. So the whole two-week trip, he's got, he's got Snoop Dogg, you know, telling him, you know, in a roundabout or something, round and around and around she goes, yeah, just like that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> You know, like the whole, th the, and, and he recorded some of the, you know, some of the instructions or the driving instructions on his phone. And I am absolutely dying. That is the greatest rental car upgrade I have ever heard in my life. Snoop Dogg's Sorry. voice trying to get you through. Yeah. We need to wrap up like this that. little episode because I'm going straight to every, every GPS device I have right now. Oh. Oh no, it's there there's examples of it on YouTube. It's so good. Please indulge. <laughs> indulge. Well, Elizabeth uh, will watch this hopefully. She'll be her one viewer and uh, she has about 18 Garmin devices all those athletes do. So I'm oh, pretty sure that maybe she could upgrade. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that is the best. Um, and we are we're we're not against Garmin sponsoring the show. <laughs> we have just petitioned our first sponsor. God, <laughs> how long will that take? <laughs> I have lots of Garmin products. I have boat-related uh, navigation instruments. I have, I have uh, a, a, a Garmin-based watch outfit in case I get lost in my neighborhood. <laughs> you know, all these things. Um. Can we go anywhere from here? <laughs> where are you? Where are you off to? You did Future Islands with. Uh, oh yeah. Um, what else I, you got? I I went uh, I I went with uh, Feel Good Inc. by Gorillaz. Um, I mean, as far as a virtual band goes, I'm just I've always been drawn to the stuff that they pumped out, you know. Um, and anything to do with Mick Jones is that he's involved with. I'm all over. But um, I think what drew me to um, feel good was um was uh, it involved de la soul who you know yeah. that i love yeah so that was uh, that was great it's an old now i mean it's 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 18 years old 17 know, 2005 i know i remember seeing that video for the first time going this is the coolest thing ever yeah. just those characters yeah. are so cool you know yeah. just the way he sat was a lick on the end of a pier or over a cliff like at the edge of a cliff and and the drummer was just like almost muppet like it was so good um too good it's so good and um was a and it references it's it's a reference to our youth because yeah. um you wait for the message beep you know it's it's the the beginning of the chorus is like an answering machine i love the way they package that the the whole way that the song was layered is just and it's a it 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 does what it says it's a feel good song and i thought mm. that uh there may be a point in the day where where um where elizabeth is uh you know maybe a little maybe a little tired needs a little pickup and needs a little feel good so i went with that followed by mm -hmm. um she mentioned she mentioned that she enjoys a little Sinatra. Good. We're, 
Good, because we're going in the same direction. We're we're getting home now. She's about to make dinner, maybe. Okay, so what? Yeah. Uh, is that where you are? Okay, oh, so yeah. what? Oh yeah. Okay, I'll tell yeah. you what. We're we're home now. Yeah. And 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 she's cooking. I'm guessing she's not opening a can of spaghettios. Nutrition coach can't do that. Nutrition not coach. Yeah. So so she's 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 cooking. Uh, and Got so prepped. so if she if she's prepping. What's this? What's her first song that's going on in the kitchen? What would you What would you say that one is? Okay, so okay, good, because I've got a few, um, but so she's prepping, so she still wants to keep the beat up, right? You got stuff to do. You can't. You know, it's not sitting down. You're not mellowing out. So I went with the live performance of King of Pain, Police, which she, you know, nice. she loved that. Yeah, she saw them. Uh, unfortunately. That video you can't actually share on a website, so I had to do the original one. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, "Ain't No Man" by the Abbott Brothers. She mentioned them, and I love yeah. the Abbott. Like you know, they they sure. got such a good. But the um, the one, and then we'll get to yours in this package uh, of the same uh, same deal is um, "See the World" by Brett Denon. and that she mm -hmm. said that quickly. And I don't know if you know, you caught that. She loves this guy. And remember, she said her favorite concert of all time with uh, that she went to was Jason Mraz concert, yeah. Rhode Island. Her boyfriend uh, at the time surprised her, VIP'd it out, and it was the best night ever. Uh, Brett Denon was the the co-act in that. Maybe the one I don't know who who was headlining, mm -hmm. probably Jason. Um, but this guy grew up in the same area where where she lives, or maybe just California. But I'm going to say it's the same area, and. Um, um, he he was homeschooled, outdoorsy, uh, and super chill guy. And then started to get into music, started writing. But on his Wikipedia page, it says that Brett has a fondness for briny things because his dad was a professional pickler. <laughs> Well, there you go. The nutritionist is always worried about gut health. So, you know, we're one of her favorite uh, singer-songwriters is, is big into pickles. So I think they, they have that connection. Okay. Uh, and I really like to reach for connections, as you know. But she also said she loves Van Morrison. Mm. Okay. And so the connection with Brett Denon and Van Morrison is that he loved Joni, uh, Joni Mitchell, Cat Stevens, Van Morrison. So his name of his boy, I think he has a few kids, but the name of his boy is Pat Van Denham. His first name is Pat, <laughs> second name Van, and the surname Denon. And it was going to be a boy or girl either way. So he thought girl go with cat. But since it's a boy, he uses the, the middle name. And he said he can he can use cat if he wants. It's up to him. Wow. Yeah. That's I wonder what Kat Von D, my tattooed girlfriend, would think about that. Do you know Kat Von D? I don't know Kat Von D. Okay, you have to look that one up. It's okay. one of my <laughs> another one of my favorites. The 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 Brett Denon thing. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I had this. Uh, he he spent a lot of time touring with Colby Calais. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Jason, Jason Mraz, and and uh, and um, and that that sort of that sort of friendship, and the music's very much along the same vibe. They yeah. uh, 
they 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 keep it all uh, true, and and that trio, um, for I think two summer two tours uh, were sort of a trio that uh, that were sliding back and forth with acts, um, backing up John Mayer. Okay, con connection there with that with that with that touring roadshow, and then um, Jason Mraz um, was uh, was. Uh, played in Toronto a bunch of times in support of Chantal Creviaz. Oh, I love Chantal. Yeah, so that was a big, 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 probably a neighbor of yours, I think. Is Chantal on the island or is she? No, she, oh, she's okay. Toronto, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, yeah I was she's of, with Rain, right? So I think I, yeah, I was thinking, of, sorry, I was thinking of Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. I don't know why I get my Canadian women superstars mixed up, but. Yeah, but, uh, Sarah I just did. threw a big dinner, yeah. A friend of mine catered it, it was very nice. <laughs> didn't get the invite um uh all right what's uh thank you for that because I, I i i you know and that and the, the name of the song see the world uh yeah. and we mentioned that that uh she as she said she can't wait to travel again and uh and neither can i so so yeah it just all made sense <laughs> that's for sure just got to get out of here yeah well uh, i have you booked for mid-september so <laughs> yes so that will be the first journey that okay, probably so, is that probably is not where you want to go. Okay, here here's where I was going. Even you're when you're even when you're prepping dinner, you know, yeah. you uh, prepping dinner and dinner dinner is so is such a feel good thing and, and and it's 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 almost nostalgic. I think when I cook, you go back to the things you're good at, the things you love, and and that's why I went with Sinatra's. It was a very good year because it's pure nostalgia, and yeah. and 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 the reason I picked that song it was originally recorded by the kingston trio and didn't work out um and then sinatra grabbed hold and it was um it was a, it was among his biggest hits yeah for sure but the lyrics and there's a great lyric in it that that that, <laughs> that, that goes um, um blue-blooded girls of independent needs i mean awesomeness awesomeness yeah. i mean i mean that tells a story Mm -hmm. So, so our, our, our lovely guest being a, a powerful and, and clearly um, independent woman, I thought that that would be a, that'd be just a, a, a fun reference, but it's a great song. It's, it is a great if she, song. If she likes Sinatra, it's, it's, it's a song that is in his absolute wheelhouse. He's, he's very deliberate. It's not a fast paced song. It's super slow and, uh, and it almost hurts, but it's, uh, it's pure nostalgia. It's about, well, and you will love this because the video that I selected for this is um, is the making of that. So it's like a 10 minute video of him mm. in there with the orchestra and they're going back and forth and building it. It's like, ah, I like this, don't like that. <laughs> what I love is every, like when they, there's so many shots of him at the mic, you know, um, the stand in front of him and you can see some players in the background. Mm. And, um, but he's typical coffee in one hand Diggy in the right. <laughs> oh yeah. But what I love is that it's right at the start, and he's he's singing. Obviously, not long ago, stop drinking, or maybe that coffee cup is is has got some yeah. um, whiskey in it, and uh, he he stumbles over one part. It's just some scratchy throat. And he's like, God, I feel like I got a shot glass in the throat still. And he's being very genuine. It's like, is there a shot glass actually in my throat? 
I was I was lucky enough to see Sinatra twice, and that was awesome. Where? Uh, seventy six Maple Leaf Gardens, seventy eight um, at CNE. Okay, I uh, was wondering if you actually got so lucky to see him in a bluesy, yeah. like a smoky place, but yeah, no, that would have been my dad's era, era for yeah. sure. My dad's yeah. remains at eighty seven, just a massive. I mean, if we ever get around to talking about it, if I hear Sinatra, that's that is something that connects me to to my house growing up for sure but yeah. um but he uh he was still he, he was still delivering in the late 70s you know yeah with with his band i think nelson riddle was still with him at that time if i'm not mistaken yeah. anyway you know super band super voice um but that song i thought uh it's not making you jump around the kitchen but it may you got to slow it down if you're going to use a good knife <laughs> you know oh, that's that's funny you haven't worked this in a commercial is, kitchen my friend it is punk rock and we're working that knife as fast as possible <laughs> do you think for one second i could stand the heat of a commercial kitchen i can't even make dinner for four on a regular basis without losing my shit so oh my god it is tough love in this summertime with that heat wave we just had that is that is extremely yeah. tough love um yeah um but I, I made a mistake there i said i uh, wish you would have seen him in a smoky bar it's like i yeah. bet you in 1976 maple leaf gardens was plenty smoky it was pretty smoky yeah uh, absolutely absolutely i think i wonder if people were still smoking in 76 i would say no because i don't remember that but i remember um beach boys in uh 75 or 76 uh i i, I went and full-on cigarettes I mean, and 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 plus, of course. But I mean, this was yeah. this was just you know, couldn't even yeah. see the stage. It was just people oh, I were remember just all, smoking butts. Yeah, yeah. I remember all my early concerts at uh, London Gardens uh, General Admission. We we're all smoking, <laughs> like you know, rotate cigarettes. Yeah, various. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so I kept with that because I remembered. I, I I definitely latched on to when she said, uh, "Like Frank Sinatra when she's cooking." But I went Canadiana. So I gave her okay. the, the Frank Sinatra of Canada, our friend Michael Bublé. And uh, and he does, and this is paying homage, and he sings a little medley. Jeez, um, Louise. Oh, fly me to the moon. You're nobody till uh, somebody loves you. And uh, it, it's a live performance. And at the start, he says, I like to, I, you know, I didn't do this on my own. I stand on the shoulders of, a, of others and um, of the greats. And, uh, you know, our friend Mr. Fabry, when he lived in Vancouver, um, as a restaurant guy, my nights off were Sundays and Mondays. Mm. I have seen Michael Bublé probably 80 times. We right. would go to Babalu, which was, uh, it's now an Irish pub, but it's on Granville Strip. And he held court there every Sunday and Monday. And that's how he got his start. And, um, and it was hilarious because the the top floor, like it was, a he was down in the basement, and it was obviously smoky at the time. And uh, and you know, there you'd be you'd be kind of dancing, you'd be like trying to pick people up, you'd be doing shots, and here's this guy, kind of like walking in the dance floor sometimes, sometimes just at the back of the stage. I didn't know what to make of him. He wasn't Michael Boot, like you know, he he was he was nobody, you know, just this guy who had a gig on Sunday Mondays. 
doing his thing, honing his craft. And um, mm -hmm. had no idea. And you knew he was good. And then, you know, he had, it was like two years. And I do remember, because it was a big industry people, everyone who was going to go on a Sunday, Monday went to Babalu's and, um, and, and it got more popular and more popular. And then it was mostly, it was mostly you went guaranteed because good looking women were guaranteed to be there. You know, they were there for him. And then you're like, okay, well, this, this is perfect territory here. Um, right. And then, and then um, the most recent time I, I had an interaction with Michael Buble was in the restaurant. And these are the, um, the Bradley Cooper days because Bradley Cooper came into, I think, you know, when we opened Nook 12 years ago, he was shooting the A-team and he used to come in there like four or five times a week with his, uh, with his girl, Renee at the time. And they would sit at the bar and he was a name, but he was an, this is his first starring role being on the A-team and it was a big deal. And um, so he found Nook as a lot of Hollywood people did at the first year it was hilarious. We were so well known. About three years later, he came back. Uh, he had just shot Sniper and, uh, and they had to do some green screen stuff. Uh, like it was kind of mistake stuff. So they had to come to Vancouver, a lot of the cast with Clint Eastwood. So, um, you know, the agents phone up and we don't take reservations. And, uh, and I'm like, look, you know, same rules as always like, get in when he gets in. And uh, so we put them at our neighboring restaurant, Tavolo, which back door is kind of, kind of it's an L shape. And um, so here you have Bradley Cooper, Clint Eastwood, and Michael Bube somehow hooks up with them. And uh, they're at Tavola on the patio, kind of away from people, but you know, they're kind of forefront, but at the same time, no one's bugging them. But Bublé was in the drinking days. So he was actually going up to tables, taking selfies, eating off people's plates from what I understand um, and working the room. They get into Nook at this, at this time when we finally have space and I get them to the back door, put them in the back corner and no one bugs them. So you have Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood sitting side by side and Bradley Cooper is just like a sponge, just like right beside Clint and there's talking, talking, talking. People are coming up getting pictures taken with Michael Bublé. And, um, and then when everyone leaves, have a good chat with Clint, um, and of course, Bradley, since I've known him for a number of years now, and, um, and then everyone leaves, their car pulls up outside, and um, I see the two girls at the front door, I'm like, did you say anything? And uh, they said, oh, we didn't know what to say. So nervous, he's so good looking. I'm like, what are you talking about? They said, Michael Buble. I'm like, did you see Clint Eastwood? They're like, and the one girl's like, to her other friend, she's like, I told you that was him. And the other girl says, but he was just wearing this, this old man sweater and, and those, those docker shoes. I'm like, that's what old men wear you more. <laughs> no one noticed Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood were in the room. Wow. Michael Bublé ran interference all night long. So there we go, my Michael Bublé uh, story. There you yeah, go. I've got a long history with him, like 25 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay, show's yeah. over. <laughs> Does he still own a hockey team out west? I think he does. I think he uh, yeah. he does a lot of things. Yeah, and you know what's yeah. uh, also get back to him. His the way he got into uh, singing uh, in bars and stuff. His dad was a or his uncle was a plumber, and the deal was his uncle would fix like, um, you know, hot water um, <clears throat> stuff and uh, tanks and and other stuff. And when it was restaurants and clubs. He would say, um, okay, here's my fee. 
but here's my different fee if you let my uh, my nephew uh, Michael play in the in the bar. Wow, really? His his uncle brokered the deals and got him going. And uh, an uncle like that. I know. And somehow he got to Toronto. And then um, who was it that saw him? Uh, Michael or uh, Mulrooney saw him. So he sat. Up, he sang at Mulrooney's daughter's wedding. And David Foster is at that wedding. And then it all began. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Everything to know about Michael Bublé. Who knew I knew so much about Michael Bublé? There you go. You are the source. <laughs> um, shall we uh, wake the listeners up and get to your song now? <laughs> yeah. Here's one. When when art folk music goes fucking berserk, you get July talk and and push and pull is is a great not only a great song it's a perfect example of the genre that july talk is carved out i mean it, 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 it's when i when i first heard heard them years ago it sounded to me like a very angry tom waits was having a domestic dispute with a beautiful sean toos the no kidding and and, and her voice is beautiful oh oh and and it cuts through a mix like no other, allowing uh, allowing the 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 uh, <laughs> allowing the buzzsaw of uh, you know of uh, of the of the gra- of the gravel truck unloading to create this amazing musical uh, texture. I absolutely love this band, and and this is where I went for not one not two but three canadian acts in a row to try and see what we'll see what uh, if we can fly the flag down south of the border um and and i tied that one in uh, after to um uh metrics um give me sympathy mm-hmm. which uh, i mean you know emily haynes they they have been metric in various incarnations have been slugging it out for 23 24 years and and I think that there's that they that they finally started to get their due maybe four or five years ago, but um, but uh, again the the way that they that they build their songs and build the um, build the foundation of of how they present their music is fantastic. I I I'm a huge fan. Obviously, a big fan of, of, of Canadian music. I think that proves out in the song on the side I put together. But, um, but this is a unique uh, band that has, that has paid their dues over and over and over again. And is in, and uh, what's most important to me is their live show. And it is absolutely fantastic. Well, they, they've, they've warmed up for um, the Rolling Stones and Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, my only criticism of their live show is they love to illuminate the crowd. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's sobering. Which, which is, which, and they they illuminate it with the light and power of the sun, and it's it can be it can, and they don't give you any warning. See, so you reach an age. You reach an age, Brad. Yeah. No, Where? we're we're there to be someone else. No need to shine light on this, you know. It, exactly. But uh, seriously. But, but um, can't go wrong with metric. I'm just. Uh, Do you know where the song song comes from? The title. No. No. Um, the, the line in the song is uh, 
who would you rather be, the Beatles or the yeah. Rolling Stones? Yeah. And uh, they put that in there, but their actual real answer after uh, spending some time with the Rolling Stones, mm -hmm. uh, the answer that uh, one of the persons, uh, one of the individuals in the band gives is, uh, so who would you rather be the, who would you rather be the, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? And the answer is, well, one's dead and the other one's <laughs> corporate, so no thanks. <laughs> okay. So it comes from Give Me Shelter a, and uh, Send yeah, Me for well, the Devil. Yeah. Well. I assume that there that there that there was uh, something going on there. I mean, you, you, the gun has to be loaded if you're going to come out with a song title like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I am at. I, I'm only going to talk like I got the ending. Like I've got I've got her going to bed. So do you have anything before we 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 tuck her in? Absolutely, I have two more. Um, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Moving forward with my third CanCon uh, is uh, Greatest Enemy Strombellas, which is, I don't know, that could be a, having an herbal tea mm -hmm. type of, you know, I think that that could, that could, that could slow you down a little bit. Um, uh, Lindsay Ontario band. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, terrific. Uh, and again, just, just great, great, great songwriting. Um, and I, what I wrapped it up with, and I don't know if this is a great one to wrap it up with. It's certainly not something you're going to tuck yourself into bed with, but, um, but um, uh, Genghis Khan. Mike, Mike Snow. Snow. Uh-huh. Yeah. I forgot about this band. And, and, and again, like synth pop, I'm not a huge fan of Swedish pop acts, but in terms of, if you're going to write an indictment about a long-term relationship, a long-distance relationship, you can't go wrong with, with you know, comparing yourself to Genghis Khan. I, I, I think it's a, it's a fun, it's poppy, and it's a, it's a funny song. It's, it's a hilarious song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Please, uh, I've, I've not been one to fool around with other people, but uh, this definitely not going <laughs> to happen now. Um, <laughs> Do you know that eight percent of men in Asia are descendants of Genghis Khan? Eight, eight of men presently are descendant from that man. Really, he did a lot of. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and 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 eight percent is a lot of people. I don't know if that wow. percentage growth goes higher or lower as time goes on. Like. Did it start at twenty? I have no idea how the how I'm no um, I'm no statistician. I'm not sure if it gets bigger or smaller. But geez, Louise, to this day to have eight percent have a little Genghis Khan in them. So how does impressive. that how does that how does that look at the twenty three and Me office in Asia? It's like oh fuck, here's another con. <laughs> oh, I got my twenty three and Me kit back. No. By the way, you own a oh. yurt in Mongolia. <laughs> I'm a con. Wow. Like race to God. Literally, 90, 92% of the 23andMe envelopes, they could they can just have they could they can go somewhere else, but they have a they probably have a whole office where they're yeah. just pumping out, they have yeah. the same answer. Well. I think I think it's good marketing for 23andMe because they say, before you hook up, I think the two of you should get a DNA test yeah. because we don't want <laughs> exactly 
the odds are odds are un unfortunately very high. I know you guys did well <laughs> online dating, but it's not wise to go any further. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid we have a problem. <laughs> um, but you're a go-getter for you. <laughs> you are a go-getter. You're a real firecracker, a self-starter. So thanks, Mike Snow, for introducing us to our Genghis Khan chat. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting, I had no idea about the 8% of, of, uh, of the Asian population is direct descendants of Genghis Khan. Yeah, so there's two things you learned today. I learned more than two. I can't remember the first thing you learned, but uh, you definitely, this is the second one, yeah? Oh, no, um, I learned all kinds of things. So I've I've uh, I've said it's time for you to go to sleep now, Elizabeth. Yep. And uh, and um, Nick Drake, one of these things, just such a beautiful song. I first heard this, and and I don't know, you know, you like things, and you don't want to analyze it too much. I love the film Garden State by Zach Braff. I thought it was killer. It was, it was just such a good fun story. It's like this guy finding his way and. I don't know, is his messed up friends and chasing this girl who was all messed up. And I don't know, it was fun. But the soundtrack at the time I thought was pretty good. And this song was on that soundtrack. And I was at okay. a really good part of the film. And I've always remembered it. And when every time I hear it, I think of that film. I'm like, I like that film way too much, you know? So, and who was the kid? What's the most popular science show that would just ended? Um, Bill Nye? No, no, but like commercials on NBC or something like that. Like the, 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 these geeks, like, it's not freaks and geeks, but you know, well after, in any event, um, that guy that was the lead of the show, Sid, uh, well, yeah, yeah, Sidney Sheldon is the, the spinoff of that yeah. show. Yeah, and Sheldon, that, Sheldon Cooper, yeah. Yeah, so, um, Big yeah, Bang Sheldon Theory. Cooper, Big Bang Theory. So the lead off that, he had a very, very, very small role in Garden State. I always remember really? that. He was, yeah, oh. he was in the kitchen and uh, he spoke, um, I think he spoke some weird Star Wars language. So he was always nerdy okay. in those roles right from the get-go. And uh, yeah. I always remember that, but yeah, it was a he's nice been, he's, role. He, he's been Gilligan, but unlike Gilligan, who didn't get a cut of the show moving forward, I think Jim Parsons is this is his yes, name? Yes, Star yes, yeah, yeah. Jim Parsons will be getting hand cramps for endorsing checks for the rest of his life from that program. What? And nailing it, yeah. I, I don't know about the deal, but I'm guessing that that Toronto's own Bare Naked Ladies, who wrote the theme song and performed the theme song to uh, to the show, yeah. If 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 they ran that deal the right way, they're oh, just yeah. You don't want the one that, time. You don't want the what, one time payment. It, no, but imagine a show that lasted ten or eleven seasons. I'm not sure which. It will be in reruns forever. I mean, people talk about Seinfeld. They talk about others with the same with same legs. These yeah. shows will will forever be on television. But yeah. this one in particular, um, uh, could you imagine? I mean, with the right deal, and I mean the stars. You know, the stars are are then producers. Like after season three, like they're getting it four yeah. ways. It's, it's sure just exactly. Twisted. Yeah, oh my and all God. the all the power to them. I don't watch a lot of that show, but but kind of being a geek, 
it it it, it appeals to me. Yeah, I, I wasn't smart I enough to be a science geek. <laughs> just 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 a geek. But you know, maybe bare naked ladies did write the the good deal and went for the royalty check. And there's a reason why sometimes they're caught in New York City doing blow and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he left. <laughs> so he's still part of the deal, though, I think. Um, and, then, and then I gave her another song. Just she's okay. probably falling asleep. Orange Sky by Alexi Murdoch. And um, mm, that's a good, good guy. Oh, okay. And I, I, it's such a, just a beautiful song. It's something I want to go to sleep with. Uh, and um, what I didn't know, the guy in, in like 15 or so years, he's only put out two albums. But he's connected like crazy because... Um, the video that I, I put up, uh, Pete Townsend uh, is on stage and plays backup guitar just for fun. Wow. On this song. Yeah. Like, so, you know, you, you, know, you kind of wonder, oh, the guy's only had two albums. He's had a few good songs. I don't know if he's had many good songs. But when you see, uh, you see Pete Townsend saying, can I play some backup? You know, like, so he, he must know something or someone. You know, I wonder if he's just a, just a session guy who who kicked off a couple of great records. It's it's hard to say, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, I don't know. I think we uh, I think we gave her. I I like this list, and I like the fact we both went a little Canadiano on it because the fact that she loves music, so I'm pretty sure she will she'll dig right. it. Yeah. You know? Well, let's. I hope. I hope because I you know for <laughs> my hope. I might get an angry letter. We might get a very angry letter to the Rourke mix. <laughs> well, at least someone watched. At least someone watched. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, there's, there really is no bad publicity. I mean, even if it results in, in a terse letter. Absolutely. So yeah. um, I want every viewer out there to write us a nasty <laughs> letter so I can count the number of viewers. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. That would be that nice. Would be nice. <laughs> All right, my friend. There thanks we go. for your time. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. And um, next week, I think we have uh, we have Travis on next week. So, so uh, yeah, um, get out there and go buy some music at your favorite record store. And we'll see you next week.